Welcome to Check the Tape. My name is Arya Atari. We're recording this June 29th, Saturday. Uh, by the time you listen to it, it'll probably be Sunday morning. I have been f- trying to figure out when's the best time to schedule to record this podcast and put it out because, you know, it's going to be on NBA Free Agency and every now and then there's a new breaking news, blah, blah, blah. Something happens, something changes somebody's feelings go this way and now they change their mind. I don't know. Like right before I started recording this, Kemba Walker just, I don't know what the wording was, like committed to finalize a deal with Boston when free agency opens up tomorrow, which makes no sense given the tampering rules because how are you supposed to, how does Boston know? How is that communicated? Whatever. Tampering has just been thrown out the window. Let's forget about that. So, Yeah, I don't know when was going to be the best time to record it. I was trying to wait till like as late as possible and get it like Sunday morning. You could listen to it and maybe, you know, free agency stuff still goes on until next week and you could still listen to it. And I just wanted to get my predictions out there, give my thoughts out there before free agency. I'm going to do one after free agency uh, once a lot once all the big names are off the board. But yeah, so I guess I should just get started. I mean, By the time you listen to this, something may have happened in the time period I've been recording, but I don't know. We'll start off. So, yeah, let's just start off. So, let's begin with the big three players, Kawhi, Durant, and Kyrie. So, let's start with Kawhi, because I think he's the most important of the three, since he's the best player of the three. I mean, him and Durant, you could say either one, but given Durant's Achilles injury, Kawhi is obviously ranked higher on people's boards. So Kawhi, you know, it's funny because I think before the draft and like right after the draft, it seemed everybody kind of thought he was going to go to the Clippers. Then it shifted to Toronto had the best chances of keeping him. And then it came out Lakers the other day. And now today, this morning, there was the report because after the Lakers created that max cap slot, um, people said, okay, he's going to go to the Lakers now and they have a meeting And then today it came out, oh, he's had some discussions with Durant about going to the Clippers or maybe even the Knicks. Um, So for me, Kawhi's just an enigma. We don't really know anything about him. We know Uncle Dennis is in his circle and uh, is an important person in his life in terms of decision-making. At least we think we know that. I mean, we don't really know anything with Kawhi. So I've seen the... Two lines of thinking with it with him. Number one is, if he was going to go to L.A., why would he just not go now? I mean, what's the point in Toronto? And the first way of thinking is, well, in Toronto, you know, he just won the title. He can run it back. Um, or the second way is, he's already accomplished everything there is to do there. Let's get out. There's a couple other perspectives I want to throw out there with the Toronto thing. Number one, what did people not consider the hey, the title you won is not a real title. And I hate to be the one to like kind of bag on Toronto, but you know, the team you're playing against, two of their top three players were injured in that series. Clay missed game three before he tore his ACL in game six and ended up missing that one, which I think Golden State was on the way to winning. It doesn't seem like a legitimate title. So like, I don't know, you could say, hey, I take that back. They're all legitimate titles, but it's like, there's an asterisk. I mean, there's no other way of saying it. But yeah, you could say, oh, Kawhi, run it back. You can actually win a real title without having to worry about players getting injured. I mean, actually, you just never know if that's going to happen or not, but like, that would be the goal. I also think 
he could just want to run it back because he liked playing with the Raptors. He liked his teammates, Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, his coach, Nick Nurse. I don't know if he's going to re-sign or not. Obviously, I don't know, but it's hard to read. And I don't think this Toronto thing is as simple as, oh, he won a title and he's going to stay. Because we all thought all season long that Warriors were going to win the title, which, by the way, they would have had it not been for all those injuries. But we all thought all season long Warriors are going to win the title. Durant goes to the Knicks. So let's not sit here and act like it's as simple as, oh, he won the title, he's going to stay. No. And then the one-year deal, you know, people have said, oh, with his injury history, don't take the one-year deal. But then you see Durant getting injured, and he's still going to get a max contract. I don't know if Kawhi is the same, because I feel like Kawhi's had a lot of, like, nagging injuries with his leg. Durant's was just, you know, the torn Achilles. It's not like this is something that's been bothering him his whole career, and it finally gave out. But with Kawhi, this has been something that's been around for majority of his career. And if it becomes a bigger problem, maybe teams would be hesitant. I don't know. And... I just don't think I would take the chance, because what if those teams don't have that much cap space next year? Actually, I think the Clippers and Knicks, if they strike out, they'll try and maintain cap space, but you just never know how things are going to change a year from now, and what you do know is you can get that max money right now. I'm starting to lean against the Raptors, because I don't think he would want to be with the Raptors for more than a year. I think the only logic would be, yeah, I like playing with these guys, let's run it back one more year. And then I'm gone, and then I'm going to go to the L.A., which was my original intention. I'm just delaying that plan a little bit, kind of like somebody who, I don't know, I was going to make like an analogy to somebody who delays law school for a year, but nah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that analogy really hit. Maybe uh, someone listens to this and they can tell me. I don't know. But yeah, because I think that's always been his plan. And he's just enjoying what he's doing. No, I think that doesn't make sense. He just enjoy. He enjoyed his time, and he's like, "This is going to be my plan ultimately." But I'm going to do this for another year, and then I'm going to do it. And it makes sense with like the aging players on the Raptors: Lowry, Gasol, Abaka. The question is, which LA team would he go to? And if you're looking at a team like the Clippers, you could say, "Do they even have a player on their roster better than Pascal Siakam? Why is that a better situation?" But I don't think it's about the basketball situation. It's more, I want to live in LA. That's where I'm from. I got this house in San Diego. I want to go to L.A. I think it was always about that from the beginning. Uh, Also, like, you know, off-the-court stuff there, which is funny because he's not someone who seems interested in off-the-court stuff, but I've always felt like that's part of the reason why he wants to be in L.A. because his personality doesn't allow him to be that marketable. So by going to a place like L.A., it helps make up for that – lack of a personality, I guess. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, everyone's their own person. But yeah, with the Clippers, they have that second max cap slot. And, you know, people say, oh, they might use it on Durant too. I don't think Durant, who by all accounts, it seems like he kind of assesses himself in his career along with LeBron's, like he compares himself to LeBron a lot, really don't think he's going to want to go to the lesser LA team while LeBron's in that uh, with the real franchise in LA and be in that shadow. So I don't know who that second max slot would be. Would they bring in Jimmy Butler? Would it be Tobias Harris? Would it be Al Horford? Horford's probably the one that would appeal the most to me if I'm Kawhi, but then you're banking on guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 
and Landry Shamit. Who knows? He just went to this Toronto team and had Fred VanVleet hit a bunch of threes for him in the finals. The Lakers part of it, though, is, you know, they would have three of the top six players in the league and the other three being Curry, Harden, and Giannis. And you could maybe put Davis above some of these other guys. You can move it around. Either way, that's three of the top six, maybe three of the top five, depending on your rankings. Not the point. The point is the Lakers would just give him the best chance of winning the title. He wouldn't be the guy. No matter where you go, no matter... Where you go, as long as LeBron's on that team, he's going to be the guy. Even if he's getting older and there's deterioration, whatever, he will always be the guy, the face of the franchise, the one everybody wants to buy his jersey, which he changed. So they're definitely going to be buying it now. Yeah. I don't know if that's what Kawhi wants, but we don't know what he wants. Does he just want to be in L.A.? Does he want to be the guy? Does he want to have his best chance for a title? Who knows? I Does he want to run it back? We just don't know. Like, none of these options would shock me. It's, if I had to make my guess, what we do know is that he wanted to go to L.A. last year, right? That was reported. I think Woj reported it. One of these guys reported it. And if you go by that line of thinking, he's going to either, I think the two options that are going to happen are, he's either going to sign that one-year deal with Toronto. I don't think he would stay in Toronto long-term. He would sign a, that one-year deal with Toronto. And then have a shorter deal with, uh, sorry, the one, yeah, the one-year deal would be Toronto and then a longer deal with either the Clippers or Lakers. I mean, you know, he had the trade request from the Spurs. He clearly had some place he wanted to go in mind, and I think he's eventually going to get there. Maybe he'll be a Paul George and decide he likes OKC and stay, but I just don't know. And I think, yeah, it's going to go one of those two ways, the one-year deal in Toronto or the max deal in L.A. with one of those two teams if I had to pick, I would go with the Clippers. I just don't imagine him wanting to be a third wheel. or He wouldn't be the third wheel, but like, I don't know, just part of the LeBron AD thing. So let's move on to Durant. He, it seemed all year long with Durant, it was, he's going to win the title, 3 P, win another finals MVP possibly, go to the Knicks, Kyrie Irving's coming, help win a championship there, and then cement his legacy as, no, I didn't just jump on this 73-win team and just come on the ride for a title. I was a major part of it there, and I'm a major part of it here, and I'm just proving you guys wrong over and over and over again, and then doing it in New York, you know, for that franchise with the amount of fans they have, that famous arena, and when I say New York, I mean the Knicks, the legacy of that franchise, not legacy, but like historical I guess they've been just been around for a long time and have generations of fans. It would have been a, it would have had a tremendous impact, kind of like you know when the Cubs won the World Series a couple of years ago, when the Red Sox won it years before that. It would have like a similar impact to that. I feel like, but things changed. He had the calf injury, and then he was out for up until Game Five of the Finals, and everyone was thinking maybe he could come back win a couple more games for the Warriors, cement his legacy as, no, he was the guy here, then re-sign there. You know, that was a logic of thinking. But then, comes back, ruptures his Achilles. Now he will miss the entire next year. Warriors go on to lose that series. Klay Thompson also gets injured in that series. And now it's just like, what's going on? Because you can see the Warriors need him. I think that argument or logic of thinking of, oh, he just joined the 73-win team, his rings aren't real. 
I don't know. I think people still believe that his rings are dead or not dead. His rings are devalued. But I think that series showed some evidence like, no, he was an important piece the entire time, which, by the way, if you watch those finals games, I don't know how you couldn't think that. So, yeah, it's not like he just came along for the ride. So it's really changed everything. And now does he just want to get as much money as possible because he's not sure about his future and take that five-year max for Golden State? Because everyone's offering him the max. I don't think the Clipper thing is going to happen. The Nets, and somehow it shifted after this Achilles injury, that the Nets became the favorite for Kyrie. And I thought it was all along going to be him and Kyrie on the Knicks. It seems as if something shifted with Kyrie and he just didn't want to go to the Knicks anymore. And that's, you know, not unusual. The guy said he was going to come to Boston. He said he was going to resign. And obviously he's not doing that. I mean, they're just about to sign Kemba tomorrow. So something shifted there because I thought the plan was always Durant and Kyrie with the Knicks. That was kind of always the thing going on. And then once the Nets traded that slot, Torian Prince to, or take Torian Prince to give up Alan Crabb. Wait, sorry, I'm missing it up. When they gave up Alan Crabb and took Torian Prince and they did the whole, did I say Crag? Yeah, Alan Crabb. When they gave Alan Crabb to the Hawks and they did all this stuff to create that extra max cap slot, it was like, oh, okay, the Nets are serious. And that's when all the Kyrie stuff started coming. And then he signs with Rock Nation as his age, as his representation uh, to help him out in this free agency or whatever. And it just was all like, oh, he's about the Nets. Something shifted there. And it shifted once from the Boston, how he was going to re-sign there. And I feel like it shifted again. So now it seems like his options are I, – I think Durant wanted to go to the Knicks – just given everything you know about, you know, you heard those rumors the entire time, the moves they made at the free agency deadline to create that cap slot. Obviously, Rich Kleiman has uh, got the Knicks connection or whatever. I don't know what the connection is. Maybe he's just a Knicks fan. But And now Kyrie's going to, and Kyrie was supposed to come with him. That was the rumor, quote unquote. And now it just seems like that plan has been ruined. And does Durant want to go to the Knicks by himself as he's rehabbing from this injury? And R.J. Barrett's the best player, and maybe they'll get another top pick, but does he really want to go there if they're not going to get anybody else? Because it doesn't seem like Kyrie is coming. My guess is his plan, he's not going to go to the Nets because he's not going to follow Kyrie. He doesn't want to... Anyone else thinking, oh, I follow this guy, blah, 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 blah. I think Durant, if he leaves, he's going to stay with the Knicks. Or, I mean, yeah, if he leaves, he's going to go to the Knicks. Or he could stay with Golden State, see how much this team and franchise has appreciated him um, after he, you know, really risked his career uh, in Game 5 of the Finals by going out there. And whether he thought he was 100% healthy, we don't know. Maybe that stuff will come out later. I think there was definitely, I don't think he would have gone out there if he knew he was going to tour the Achilles. I think that's been said, right? Not 100% sure on that, but I'm fairly certain. So, yeah, if he was going to leave, I don't think he would leave to go jump with Kyrie, who seemed to change his mind and go to the Nets. I think if he were to leave, he would want to go to the Knicks, his original plan, which seemed to be the original plan, or just stay with Golden State and 
where he's now felt more love and appreciative or whatever. I don't think he's going to play with Kawhi. I think that's crap. When that came out today, I just rolled my eyes. Like, where would they play together? The Clippers is the only team that could do it, right? And I don't think Durant's going to go... The same way I don't think Durant's going to... The same way I don't think Kawhi would go to New York, I don't think Durant would be coming to L.A. It just wouldn't make any sense. Because, well, the reason it wouldn't make sense for Kawhi is just... His whole thing was about going home, and if he was going to go to one of these teams like the Knicks or Nets, wouldn't it just be better for him to re-sign with the Raptors? I think a lot of the L.A. thing for him was it's home. And for Durant, I don't think he wants to go and be in LeBron's shadow. Anyways, let's move on. So I talked a little bit about Kyrie when I was doing the Durant thing. Um, It seems like he's dead set on the Nets. I've seen some people say, oh, there's a puncher's chance for the Lakers. He would go because I have that max cap slot. Eh, I just think the we're not hearing enough buzz about it. I haven't really seen much other than, yeah, the Lakers could get Kyrie. Seems like the Lakers would be more likely to get Kawhi than Kyrie. The whole Rock Nation thing and changing his agent, it the writing's on the wall with Kyrie. He's going to the Nets. And good luck. Good luck to Brooklyn. Good luck to Kyrie because he did not... I mean, it's a worse, imagine not, so he's not, let's say he doesn't get one of those top-level guys, Durant, or, I mean, Durant wouldn't even play the first year, and Kawhi's not coming to the Nets, so no matter what happens, Kyrie would be the best player on the Nets that first year, no matter what, and he was the best player on Boston this last year, look how that situation went, and it was great the first year, we had that 16-game win streak, masked Kyrie, untucked Kyrie, I wrote a lot about this on this article I wrote on Hardwood Houdini, Check it out if you haven't. Um, yeah, I wrote about it there. It's great. He w- he was really fun that first year. And the second year, things soured. And they have young guys, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. He could sour on them with a snap of his fing- in a snap of his fingers. I mean, in an instant. He is so unpredictable. Like, I just talked about how I think there was a shift with him, a second shift from Boston to the Knicks to the Knicks to the Nets. And maybe the Lakers just weren't ever really realistic. So he's just unpredictable. He's volatile, I think is a good word to describe him. And to have him as your best player. So let's say Durant stays with the Warriors or goes to the Knicks. And you use that second max cap slot on a guy like, I don't know, Tobias Harris. Maybe Jimmy Butler. Who knows? But you use that second one. And by the way, a lot of these other guys are leaving. There's not going to be that many good guys now that Kemba and Clay seem to be off the board. And we'll see what happens with Jimmy. But it's like, eh, after that, it's like, do you want DeMarcus Cousins? And let's say they get Al Horford, okay? You're literally replicating a worse version of the Celtics that severely underperformed given the expectations coming into this season. I don't know why the Nets think they would be a better run organization than the Celtics. I mean, the Nets have been a good run organization, but so has the Celtics the last couple years. And they had this year from hell. A horrible, disappointing season. So, I don't know, I think... And, you know, it ended bad in Cleveland. It ended bad in Boston. When it happens once, you're like, okay, maybe it's the organization's fault. Two times, it's you're the problem. Kyrie's the problem. And he'll be a problem in Brooklyn. Maybe it won't happen right away, but it will happen. He's going to go to Brooklyn. He's going to be the best player on that team, at least for that first year. And then maybe Durant comes. Maybe he still stays the best player on the team, and Durant's not ever 100% again. It's, you know, Brooklyn is going to do it because he's Kyrie Irving, but, you know, it's... um. 
I'd be very, very, very worried. Not to mention his knee problems. Maybe those resurface. I think I always had worries about those. Not enough worries when I still wanted him to be on the Celtics. And by the way, I wanted him to be on the Celtics after the season ended because I was under the impression we were going to get Davis. And we would have, not under the impression we would get Davis, but if we got Davis, I would have wanted Kyrie. And I knew we had a shot at getting Davis. And it just seemed like Kyrie just didn't want to come, whatever. But if we had Kyrie and Davis together, I would have been fine for that. I I still prefer that to what we have right now for the Celtics. But I'm not mad with what's going on now with the Celtics. I don't know how I got on that tangent. Oh, with Kyrie? Yeah, I mean, I was always worried about the knee injury history that wouldn't have worried me enough for the Celtics to give him out a five-year max, but it was definitely in the back of my mind. So now the Celtics are getting Kemba, which is great. It, you know, they needed a win because they're losing Kyrie, they're losing Horford, and now you can get rid of Rozier too. I mean, Kemba's an all-star player. He's not somebody who's going to be the best player on your team and take you into this deep playoff run. Maybe he will with Brad Stevens. I mean, Brad Stevens took Isaiah Thomas to that level. I mean, we made the Eastern Conference Finals with Isaiah, even though the conference probably wasn't that good that year. But the thing is with the Celtics, and it's pretty simple, number one, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need to become all-stars. That is really going to affect how good this team becomes, what their ceiling is. It's really that simple. I mean, you look at a team like the Pelicans, and they have all these assets that they got from the Anthony Davis trade. That's great and all, but... The Pelicans are going to go as far as Zion goes. And, you know, everybody thinks Zion's going to be an all-star. But, like, how good is he going to be? Same thing with these young Hawks. Everyone's talking about all their players. They're going to go as far as Trey Young goes. Because, yeah, I mean, it's it's really that simple. And the Celtics are going to go as far as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum though, go. Because uh, we know what a Kemba Walker-led team takes you. We know what a Gordon Hayward-led team takes you. And maybe... These guys can be the complementary pieces and all-stars part of the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum experience because it's not bad to surround Brown and Tatum with good players. I think that's a stupid line of thinking. I think having good players on the team is bad for those two. That's dumb. So it's good. I like having Kevin on the Celtics, and they're going to go as far as the Jays take them. All right, let's keep, let's keep on rolling. So... Horford, I mentioned how he was going to leave. Um, I think he's going to go to New Orleans. I think that'd be a great fit for him there. He, you know, mentor the young guys, Zion, Jackson Hayes, Lonzo Ingram. It, it would be like another Boston situation for him when he signed with Boston. They have the one veteran, Andrew Holiday there. Dallas, I would like for Horford. I actually think that would be a really good fit. I mean, between him and Doncic, Porzingis, which, by the way, I'm fairly certain the Mavericks are going to re-sign Porzingis. I mean, they didn't trade for him to, like, let him go. And, and I think, you know, when you're him and you have that injury and someone's offering you the max, you got to take it. Got off topic there. And the other team for Horford I've seen is um, Philly. A lot of people have been saying Philly, and I guess that would be one way for Philly to not have to ever worry about Horford guarding Embiid again in the playoffs. Um... I don't know, wherever he goes, he's going to have an impact. I would just be worried about the length of the contract in regard, and also the value. I think he wants a lot of money for four years, and I don't think Danny Ainge is going to give that to him. And he let him walk. It was kind of like very Bill Belichick style, and I respect it and I agree with it, frankly, because 
36, 37-year-old Horford getting around $40 million a year? No, thank you. Um, all right, Clay Thompson. So the report came out today that he's going to take the $190 million five-year max from the Warriors uh, once free agency opens up tomorrow. Not a shocker. I think all season long, everybody thought he was going to stay with the Warriors. The only thing that kind of threw a monkey wrench in this was the ACL injury that he suffered in Game 6 of the Finals. I think you still do this if you're Golden State because, I mean, you just can't let Clay go, you know? And people have been saying, oh, torn his ACL, no big deal. It's not like the Durant Achilles, that's a much worse injury, which I agree the Achilles is a much worse injury, but I think we're all just kind of glossing over a torn ACL and how, I mean, how big of an injury that is. Um, I, I have a list of, like, guys who have torn their ACL in the NBA, and I'm trying to see, like, have these guys came back? So Derrick Rose is obviously the one that everyone knows the most. Never came back to all-star level. And he was really, like, the only all-star I could find that tore his ACL. Kyle Lowry tore his... Well, actually, there's more. Sorry. Kyle Lowry tore his. Um, but he tore his in college. And he wasn't an all-star until much later in his career. And then there's guys... Porzingis is obviously coming off the ACL tear, and I worry about his given his body structure. Jabari Parker tore his, but then he tore it again, so maybe that's part of the reason he never got to the heights he wanted to. Dante Exum and Brandon Knight have torn their ACLs, but, you know, these guys were never all-stars to begin with. Uh, Zach Levine tore his, and he is, I don't know, is he a fringe all-star? Do you think he had a chance? I say do you as if I'm talking to somebody. I don't know, I kind of feel like he may have had a chance at the All-Star team. He put up a lot of numbers on that crappy Bulls team. So, I wouldn't be worried. I mean, no, I would be worried if I'm Golden State. It's not enough to not give Clay a contract. I mean, he is... Yeah, he's been one of your top three guys for the entirety of this run where you made five finals. You're not just going to break that off. And you sign him, hope that he can come back in like March or April... And then you have, because you won't have Durant no matter what next year, even if he leaves or signs, because he's going to miss that year. Then you have, so you make another playoff run, hopefully, and you get in as that 7-8 seed, and Steph, Draymond. I don't like the logic of, oh, they're going to be a 7-8 seed. I hate how people are just penciling them into that, though, because Steph's still one of the top five players in the league. I mean, we'll see how they fill out this roster and what goes on, but I have a hard time seeing... They're just going to squeeze into the playoffs. You know what I mean? I don't think that... Like, some people are saying, oh, this is going to be a Tim Duncan, uh, David Robinson type scenario where they tank the one year and then they get a good draft pick and then come back the next year. I'm like, they still have Steph Curry, okay? So the Clay thing, I just be a little bit worried about the torn ACL. I don't think it's a slam dunk. Oh, he'll be fine. I mean, I don't think it... Yeah, just don't think it should be... Yeah. Okay, keep moving on. Middleton, it seems like Milwaukee's going to re-sign him, and I've read that they want to give him the ma they don't want to give him the max, but well, if they have to, look, if you're Milwaukee, Miritich is already leaving to go play in Europe, so you have essentially three guys who were in your rotation last year still on the team. You have Giannis, Bledsoe, Ilyasova, and I guess Pat Connaughton if you want to count him, whether or not they choose to waive him or not. I don't think they would, right? I mean, he was good for them. So you have to do something with the other three starters, though. Brogdon, Middleton, and Lopez. It's going to be tough to keep all of them. 
I'd prioritize Middleton because he's just the best player out of all of them, even though I think Lopez just did so much for that team. I'd say Lopez is probably the second most important and Brogdon third. But I think they're all important. And if you're Milwaukee, yeah, if you can get Middleton less than the max, you do that because why would you want to pay him more money if you don't have to? But I wouldn't want to like try and get too cute with it and risk losing all my guys. It's going to be interesting to see how many of them they keep. I have a hard time imagining all three coming, and I don't know what other team would actually offer Middleton the max. I don't think teams like the Knicks or the Clippers, if they strike out on big guys, are just cool with uh, giving a long-term deal to Middleton or something, or somebody like DeMarcus Cousins, who, by the way, I think he'd just get a, he'd get a one-year deal again no matter what, because he didn't really get to prove anything with this Warriors run he had last year. So... It's kind of funny how Boogie's just became everyone back, everyone's backup plan. Around two years ago, I mean, this was a guy, people were saying, oh, the Celtics, that's the star they need to put them over the hump. Whenever the Celtic, whenever a star was on the market and the Celtics were involved in every trade rumor, Boogie was one of the big ones. And now you look at Boogie and it's just like, oh, some teams are just wouldn't touch him with a 12-foot pole. Anyways, I was, on, I was talking about Middleton. I don't know how I got the Boogie. It seems like Middleton's on his way back. But maybe Milwaukee lowballs him and he looks elsewhere. I just don't see another team giving him the max. I don't think another team should. All right, Vucevic. And I think I'm almost done with all the free agents talk I had. Vucevic. Seems like he's coming back to the Magic. And the numbers I saw were like four years, 90 million. I don't know who reported. I think it was Mark Stein, maybe. Um, so it seems like it's a pretty good deal. Uh, you're not – I mean – He's an all-star player, and you're getting him for under $25 million a year. If it's four years, 90, if those numbers are correct, and that does end up happening. To be solid for Orlando, the thing is, you know, you had Bamba, who you took with the sixth pick. You have – it's the same problem they've always had. You have the crowded front court, Bamba, Vucevic, Gordon, Isaac. But to me, it's more like we're going to not let Vucevic walk away for nothing. We'll sign the asset, and then – we could just trade him six months from now, get a guard that will help push us over the top. Uh, we'll see what's going on with Isaac, Gordon, and Bamba then. And I think Isaac's the one that is the most important piece for them. I think he's the I think he's got a chance at becoming an all-star. Good chance. Yeah, a good chance. And, you know, like I was talking about the Celtics and stuff, they go as far as Tatum takes them. I think Orlando's gonna have to go or sorry. I think Orlando is going to go as far as Isaac ends up taking them. And we'll see what happens with his development, What if he's going to need a guard uh, around him, and then maybe you move Vucevic then at the trade deadline. So, yeah, I like the I like the move from Orlando by keeping the asset. Oh, I completely skipped the 76ers stuff. I'm glad I didn't forget that. So Jimmy Butler, he seems like he's a backup plan too. Like for these teams like the Knicks, Nets, Clippers – Oh, we could get Butler and pair him with Kawhi. We could get um, Butler and Brooklyn. We could get Butler and put him with Kyrie. But the team that everyone's been talking about for the last couple weeks is, or for the last week, is Houston, and how they want to do a sign-in trade. And they would have Butler say, "Oh, tell Philly like you're going to leave if you don't come, if they don't do a sign-in trade." But he can't actually just go to Houston. So if he were to leave, it'd be like, I'm going to go to the Lakers if you guys don't trade me to Houston and get something for me. And then what if Philly goes, okay, we'll call you on your bluff. Here's our five-year offer. And then does he take it? And then if you're Philly, is that like really how you want to 
I don't know, do you really want somebody who didn't even want to be there, really, unless forced? Not forced, but... I don't know, and is Butler really going to get these max offers from all these other teams? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but... If he, like, already wants to go and leave, and if you're Philly, I don't know why I would offer him that five-year max and have him come back, and he's already been seen as a head case before, and if you welcome him back, create problems again, you have young players, even though it seems like him and Embiid are cool with each other. Yeah, it wouldn't be forced, it would just be like, he would begrudgedly take the five-year, begrudgedly, huh, didn't expect to use that word today, yeah, he would take that five-year max, like, without much enthusiasm. So I think he's actually going to come back to Philly. I think a lot of this Houston stuff is all smoke. Smoke and mirrors. Got him. I said one big word and now I'm messing up the expressions. It's been a long 30-minute uh, podcast doing this by myself. So I'm going to try and wrap this up soon. But yeah, I think he's going to go back to Philly because I just don't think Houston has much leverage. And I don't know how serious all these other teams are about him. Maybe he would go to the Clippers, be with Kawhi. Maybe the Nets with Kyrie. I just, it doesn't feel like any of those other ones are that strong of a story. So it seems like he would stay in Philly. And I think he's more likely to stay than Tobias Harris, which is funny because before the playoffs, I would have said, no, Tobias Harris would be more likely to stay than Jimmy. But Jimmy played much better than Tobias Harris in the playoffs. And Tobias Harris, I have no idea where he's going to go. He should not get a max. Like if we're talking about Middleton, maybe not getting a max. No way Tobias Harris deserves a max. I don't like the concept of just giving a max because you have it. Teams are going to do it, and maybe Harris does get that max. But I don't know where he goes. He's weird in terms of I don't think there's the perfect spot for him. It's like a lot of the same stuff with Jimmy. Like, does he stay with Philly, or does he take a four-year deal elsewhere? Sacramento, would he go there? Would he go to Dallas if they strike out on Horford? Because I think Horford's like their main target, right, because they struck out on Kemba. I think Dallas would be an interesting fit for Tobias Harris. Maybe if you're Dallas, that's the that's the team to go after Harris. Yeah, uh, under the radar guys. I mean, it's hard to find under the radar guys and see who's gonna get paid for under 10 million a year. That's gonna have a tremendous impact in the playoffs next year. I mean, Danny Green. I don't think he's gonna get under 10, but I've always liked Danny Green. I every time he shoots, I feel good about it. I really like his shot. Um, so I think he's going to get a good deal somewhere. Maybe he'll stay in Toronto if Kawhi does. I like Austin Rivers. I thought a lot of times in the playoffs for Houston this last year against that series against Golden State, like he had some big moments and he hit some, not big shots, but like, you know, when you needed a bucket, sometimes you could go to Austin Rivers and he hit an open three. I like Marcus Morris. You know, he gave me some headaches in his Celtic days, but I think he could actually be really good on a contender, maybe as a bench player. You know, the Lakers, if they go the way of splitting up their cap space and not going after the one-max guy, Morris is probably a prime candidate to join them, given the clutch connection uh, with him, LeBron, obviously. And, yeah, he would come off the bench, give offense. I, I like that, coming off the bench, being the spark plug, giving offense. I didn't like it when we were so dependent on Marcus Morris and he had much more minutes than he probably should have, but whatever, that season's over. I'm not looking back at the uh, 2019 Celtics anymore. Morris is gone, Rozier will be gone. No, Morris will probably be gone. Rozier will probably be gone. Horford and Kyrie are already gone, and Kemba's coming. Yeah, so thank you for listening. I will have another podcast at some point next week. 
and you can listen to that one to see all my free agency predictions being wrong. Or you could listen um, to this one again after the free agency happens and see how well I did or whatever. Or maybe you just won't ever listen to this one because by the time it gets posted, uh, a bunch of new news is broken and this podcast has become irrelevant. Anyways, uh, thank you for listening and uh, we're back next week.